ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಪುನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವತೀತಮಸ್ತಮಾವಿಶಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 we're going to be starting um chapter 6 i think it is intelligence versus intellect so <clears throat> what we're we doing here we're we're learning about how the world functions this is what we're studying how the world functions also how we function <coughs> learning about the truths of life it's not hearsay or something that is passed down it's actually studying exploring these truths to learn about life this is what we're doing here so by learning these truths we can gain maximum happiness from all situations in life this is what we all constantly looking for aren't we maximum happiness from any experience this is the material side of life also these truths if you explore them they will also guide us to find out the true purpose of being a human being if we take it further you can get stuck at the material level i'm happy that's it no more <laughs> or you can carry on studying these truths of life further so it can teach you the true purpose of being a human being what is it to be a human being why am i here what am i supposed to be doing teach you how to reach that goal that state of oneness with the spirit we call god the state we call self realization which is what christ reached buddha reached krishna was self realized this is the goal so we said a human is made up of body mind body mind intellect and and the spirit <laughs> body mind intellect and the spirit the spirit is that component within us that enlivens us the god principle whatever you want to call it so right now we're catering to the body mind and intellect and our likes and dislikes and that but we're unsure about the spirit part this is the bit that's a little bit uh, in the you know shady we don't know what this spirit is and this is what all religions are trying to teach what is the spirit so in the world we're just catering to our body mind and intellect and we think we're trying to we're learning about the spirit but we're not sure because we don't know what it is and which direction to follow you know there's so many religions what what which one to follow they're all talking about the same thing but we don't know what's what's the true path So this is what we're trying to do here do a bit of clarification here find out who we are what we are how we function what is this body mind intellect you know delve into the truths of this this is what we're doing here and then we delve that's the body mind intellect we'll find out what that all that is this is what we're doing and then the spirit part if we want to delve further we can explore that area as well this is what we're learning so recap of last week's class we said what was it to be a good human being what's that one key quality everyone should have for, that determines a good human being 
kindness, unselfish. unselfish. You're absolutely right, Trishnabin, Self, selfless, but it's difficult to understand what selfless is for everyone. If you say be selfless, hello, what's that? <laughs> so let's start with unselfishness. We said that we were all selfish, all of us. That's why we need spiritual knowledge, so that we can become unselfish. So we identified the fact that the unselfishness we're talking about is not like just giving. It's the unselfishness we're talking about is the attitude within, developing the attitude within in all aspects of our life. Give or not, it doesn't matter. But the attitude should be there. How can I be of service? How can I help? What can I do for you? After you. That's all being unselfish. So it's imbibing that. Also, we discuss what about objectivity. What's objectivity? Understanding the world for what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm? Thinking. Thinking about what? Yeah, so it's the application of the intellect. So we know what the body is, we know what the mind is, the intellect, the ability to think. So objectivity is applying the intellect in all areas of life. For Dina, newcomers, intellect is, so your physical body you know, the mind is full of emotions, likes and dislikes, basic qualities. Intellect is what reasons and thinks and decides. Is this right for me? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. So it's important that that intellect plays a role in whatever your decisions you're making. Those are making it from the mind. And as Anita said, that's based on your likes and dislikes, which is not the right way to act. So objectivity is application of intellect in all aspects of your life. The ability to stand apart from any experience while going through that experience. So the better way to understand objectivity is the opposite. What is the opposite of being objective? Subjective? Involved. Involve. Yeah, involvement. So you get involved, that's not being objective. But also a sense of bias. You can get involved with bias when you seem to lean towards the one side than the other. There's a sense of attachment. And that's your mind. We're talking, that's all to do with the mind. That bias, that attachment, yeah. I like it, I don't like it, that's all the mind. Okay. So that's what we're saying is that the intellect has to take its place and play its role so you can be objective and not going by the mind's, mind is like a child. So not, we're not going by, we're, we're trying to control the mind and act based not on the mind but the intellect which is the adult in you. So when you're involved what happens is you get affected. Because you're involved, you get affected. If you're objective, you can still be the same person, but you're not affected by the results. You're not affected by what happens. That's the difference. Right now, whoever is bad, we're affected. Child doesn't listen, you're affected. Partner gets angry, you're affected. No objectivity. So how do we stay objective so that we're not affected by everything? We gave the example, King of Persia. We read the poem last week. His motto was? 
even this shall pass away. That was his motto. How did he remember that? <laughs> he had a ring with, engraved on it, even this shall pass away. So that gave him counsel throughout his life. Whatever happened, he knew, this, even this shall pass away. That's being objectivity. Objective, sorry. All experience of his life, he gave him counsel. So to stay objective, we need to develop this equipment in us called the intellect. Isn't it? Right now, if you're affected, it's because you're not using your intellect to guide you. Is, that, does everyone, is everyone with me? Okay. So weak intellect destroys your peace and happiness in life. Why? Because you operate from the level of the mind. The mind gets affected. So as a human, we can permanently be happy, but we need to develop ourselves. Develop ourselves in the sense of developing that component in us, intellect, also to accept the world the way it is, for what it is, and not the way we want it to be. This is our problem. We want the world to be something it isn't, and we get affected. The world is not going to change for us, but we can change for the world. And if we do that, it will bring us peace and happiness. As we said last week, if you're affected by anything, whose fault is it, Anita? There you go, she's got it. <laughs> Any problems, the issue is with us. Because we're not accepting things the way they are. We want it to be different from what it is. This is where we go wrong. We said every human being is different. Why is he different? This is just a recap just for last week. Why is everyone human different? Everyone's vastness are different, meaning nature. Everyone's nature is different. They're born with that. Therefore, everyone's nature is different, but we want them to behave in a way that is against the, his nature. Whose fault is it? It's ours, isn't it? So accept everyone for their nature. You're no longer affected. Please. So if we, for example, children, if we see that their nature is going to be detrimental, not just to themselves but others around them, is it not our responsibility to guide them and, or should, you know, should we just accept that that's their nature and ignore it, or what, what would be the role? As a, as a parent, that's your role to make sure that they follow the right path of the law, right, behave in the right way in the family, with their siblings, at school. That is your role as a parent. And a partner? Well, no, because you have relationships, don't you, that you think... You are... started off with a child, that's why I'm yeah. answering that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless your partner's a child as well. <laughs> You think you've got control? No, but you like to think that you have a right to say, you know what, I don't like the way, or responsibility to say, I don't agree or like the way that you're behaving, and is it right that you would 
you know, say it, or would it be that you just accept it and learn no, no, to no, no. steer away or Look, what? The thing is, if you if you can change the situation, then it's you should do. I mean, you're talking. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what specifically you're talking about. But if a person is behaving in a particular way, and that's always the way he's behaved since you've known him, that's his nature. <coughs> yeah, you can't change that. That's the way his nature is. You may change in time because his vasanas are changing. Yeah, so you have to accept that. That's what we're saying. You know, your partner is angry all the time. Okay, he's got an angry nature. Now it's up to you. If you can change it and speak to him, you can. Yeah, he may say, oh, look, I didn't know it had that effect on you. I'll try and control my anger where possible. If he can't, and he says, what are you talking about? I'm never angry. That's his nature. There's nothing you can do about it. You have to, you have to change and accept him for who he is. Everyone's nature is different. I think, uh, who is it? Sanjay Patel came last. He said there's 100,000 different natures or something. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know about personalities. I mean, I don't know the, where he came, got that from. But, you know, so it, you don't know who you're with. And plus, people's natures are changing now. It's, you know, Shamila, when you married her, Shamila now may be a different person. You know, so that her nature changes all the time. Child is a naughty child. He's not going to be naughty all his life. He may change and become a saint. We don't know. So we have to accept everyone for their nature. And if we do that, then you're less affected. If it rains, you accept the nature that it's now raining. You, could, you get an umbrella and you're not affected by the rain, isn't it? Similarly, you have to understand this is how people function. So we have this expectation that they will behave based on our mental pattern, based on our likes and dislikes. I don't want him to be angry, therefore he shouldn't be angry. Who's That's wrong. So due to our ignorance, we suffer. We suffer. They're not suffering because they're behaving normally, but we suffer because of lack of understanding. So we said that to avoid this blunder, we must assess each person around us and try to understand that they're behaving based on their nature and their basic makeup due to their vasanas, just like the way we are. And also the fact that if you accept people for how they are, then you would appreciate their qualities and their beauty and be able to relate to the world and people without any agitations and sufferings. What a beautiful, cloudy day. Oh, I hate cloudy days. Why is the sun not out? You're suffering, you're agitated. It's winter. It's going to be cloudy. <laughs> Remember that uh, episode we talked about in the school in Chennai? On a hot day, people want it to be cold. On a cold day, people want it to be hot. Also, we discussed the uh, formula for success. What is success? We said it was, what was success? Hmm? Those are the actions, but what is success? You're right, those three C's. Absolutely, 
Success is in effect. It's in the future. To get anything, to, for it to ha be successful in the future, you have to put in the right action now. And we identified those, the right action as being the three C's, concentration, consistency, and cooperation. The discipline of these three intellectual applications. We put that in, the right action. We can become successful in anything and everything. Cooperation. Uh, just for the benefit of the people who went here, who wants to describe what concentration was? Focus on the present. Present, yes. Why? Why? Why do you have to try and focus on the present? What happens within us? Distractions. Mind goes everywhere, but in the present. It goes in the past. It goes in the future. Will, it, will this work? Will it won't work? Last week that so-and-so happened, but you can't focus, as you said, or concentrate on the present action. So the present action suffers. So the intellect has to, oh, my mind's gone. Let me bring it back. Right now in class, you could think, what am I going to have for lunch? You need to bring the mind back. Concentrate on this. Only the intellect can hold the mind in the present action. So the definition of concentration is, the ability of the intellect to hold the mind in the present action. Quickly, consistency. What's consistency? To keep your keep? Your goals. keep your goals. Keep the action directed towards the goal. Don't dither into something different. Relax to slip into our attractions. I need to finish this project today. Okay, you know what, I'll do this for an hour and then I'll go back to the project. Or maybe I'll, you know, have a cup of tea, 15-minute break, and then I'll have... And you haven't done any work yet. Mind doesn't want to do what they're supposed to be doing. It keeps slipping into our attractions, and it loses its direction. The, the action does not flow towards the goal. See, if we have a river. It flows very strongly. But the minute it has many different little streams coming off it, the flow goes down. Similar, the mind, if it focuses, concentrates, and keeps it, the intellect keeps the mind on the action, then you're going to do, be able to finish that project quicker. Cooperation. Perfect. We can't do anything on our own. We need the cooperation of others to, to achieve that objectivity. To, to achieve the object, objective. Fellow workers, management, accountants, parents, children, education, nothing we can achieve on our own. So you have to maintain the true spirit of cooperation. So if you maintain these three disciplines, it will lead you to productivity, success, and peace in whatever you pursue. So that was chapter five. So chapter six, we've talked about the intellect, okay? So chapter six is, defines what it is. What is this? How do we develop this? I think we all agree that we need to develop it. Yeah. So what is this? 
So chapter six is the intellect versus intelligence. This is just a clarification of the difference. So we need to learn about ourselves and how we function. This is what we identified in the beginning. Who are we? How do we function? We all know the body and the mind. We all know the body and mind too well. But what is this intellect? So this book is entitled The Fall of the Human Intellect, meaning the fact that uh, it's not developed. So first of all, intellect is not intelligence. We learn the difference between intellect and intelligence. What is the difference? Okay. 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 So, any other suggestions? What is the difference between? Intellect and intelligence. Intellect can also decipher and distinguish. Intelligence is gaining knowledge. Mm. We all agree with that? Gaining knowledge external to us only, whereas intelligent intellect is more knowledge of how we function, how I react. Okay. So I think the, from what, what I'm getting is that we can say that intelligence is gained from the world externally. Intellect is a subjective, okay, what uh, she said. So it's a subjective thing, intellect. It's within us. So we contact the world and we have an experience. Yeah? So intelligence is everything external. Intellect is within us. How do we gain intelligence? We gain it from books. Schools, teachers, Wikipedia, Google, all external sources. What does this intelligence do for us? What does it give us? Whatever you said, it gives you information about a particular subject. Knowledge in that particular subject it may make you brilliant, outstanding in that subject. You take up physics, you read physics books, you become knowledgeable in physics. In medicine, you become knowledgeable about medicine. So it's about specific area. Whichever area you apply yourself in taking that knowledge, you become brilliant, outstanding, average in that subject. So you have learned and gained knowledge in a particular subject, then what? What do you do with that knowledge? What do we do with that knowledge? Use it for education. Use it for? How? As Josh said, get a job. We take that knowledge and we utilitarian value we give it. So we have to use it to find a job. So we get a job. And this allows us to sustain ourselves in the world. Correct? Okay. Nothing more. Do we all agree with that? Helps us to earn money. And with that money we do what? Exchange the money for? Huh? We earn money to exchange for 
tense objects. Isn't that what we're doing? Keep the mind happy. Absolutely. We're not saying it's wrong. We need money to survive. Absolutely. We're just investigating what, what, what we're doing. We earn money, we exchange for sense objects. We need this to survive in the world. Everyone familiar with sense, uh, the five senses? How do, you take in the, how do we perceive the world? The five senses we perceive the world with are? Sorry? Sight, ear, eyes we take in the world, ears, sound, touch, smell, taste, yeah. So this is intelligence. We take the knowledge, we get a, we get a job, we exchange the money that we earn, sense objects to survive in the world. So the intellect is different from this. No matter how much intelligence you gain, it cannot help build your intellect. Is everyone clear? Okay. So the problem in life today is nobody knows what the difference is between intelligence and intellect. So therefore, we don't know the importance of its role in life. This is what we're investigating here. Education in society today is focused purely on education and the intellect is neglected. There's no provision in schools for that. In the, see, if hundreds of years ago, even in India, thousands of years ago, people developed their intellect because education was different. The application of education was different. We're just cramming information into kids. We're not drawing out knowledge, making them think about it, and then them coming out with the answer. We're just Learn this, learn this, learn this. The exam's on this, learn this, learn this. This is what you need to learn. Sorry, am I, am I right or wrong? Um, I think yeah. So education in society today is focused purely on educating. Intellect is neglected, just cramming knowledge. It's no one's fault. Society values intelligence rather than intellect. How many GCSEs, A-levels, degrees, PhD, MSc? The more education intelligence, the more you're respected, the better the chance to get a good job. This is the society. Even schools are ranked based on successful pass rates. We're not criticizing. We're just analyzing, yeah? This is how it is. But you cannot use the knowledge gained without the help of the intellect fully. You need an intellect to think and plan your life. Understand the pros and cons of life. Even to, you know, you learn about physics. In order to get a job in that area, you still need to apply, use the intellect, think which area do I want to work in. You need to think about it. Just the fact that you've got it doesn't mean you're going to be successful and get a good job. Now, the ironic part of this is that as all other animals, don't need to worry about this. All other animals, they don't have an intellect besides human beings. They don't need one because they have an inherent nature equipped with a built-in program to be able to survive. Naturally, they survive in life. 
lions, tigers, sheep, cows. They don't need to get education. They naturally know how to live. So all that education, getting a job, everything brings us to what level? <laughs> huh? We've just reached the state of where an animal has survival. If you think about it, logic, this is exactly what's happening, isn't it? We don't earn money, we can't get food. So all this education brings us to the level of an animal. What makes us different from an animal is this intellect. We say the human is made of body, mind, intellect, and the spirit. So the intellect is the faculty within you that allows you to think, reason, judge, to question when making decisions in life, without taking anything for granted. So how do we develop this, this intellect? It's in all of us, it's there for a reason, but we're not using it to its full extent. This is what they're saying. See, right now, all this sounds like a theory to you, but we're, when we get to the end, we're going to prove this. Only you can develop the intellect. No one else can do it for you. Develop your ability to think and to question and reason everything in life. Can't be, it can't be done extern from external sources either. Only you can develop it. How do you develop the intellect? How do you develop intellect? Anything you take in, any knowledge, analyze it, think about it. Does it conform to your logic and reason? If so, follow it. If not, then don't. You're now thinking, is this right for me? You're now exercising your intellect. What we're talking about, okay, let me finish it, then we can go back to your question. We can, anything that you take in, if it conforms to your logic and reason, then follow it. If not, then don't. This exercise performed regularly will allow one to develop their intellect. You're thinking and not taking anything for granted. This is the only way you can develop the intellect. Only you can exercise and de develop your body, correct? No one can, you can't pay someone to do it for you. Similarly, the intellect only you can develop. Let me finish everything and then you can ask me the question. So if we look at kids coming out of today's education establishments, we see that actually they don't seem prepared to take on the world. Hmm? Would you agree? Any small issues in life and they can't deal with it. Maybe highly educated, why is that so? It's getting worse in the sense that when we were younger, we, we look at ourselves and think, you know what, this things we could deal with, it didn't affect us. We do say that, don't we? But kids these days, they, can't, they get affected by everything. They can't deal with 
simple things. It's not their fault. We're reliant so much on technology these days. It stops stopping us from thinking for ourselves. Example, I'm just showing you the fact that we're not evolving, we're devolving. For example, art of map reading is disappearing. You may say, so what? We don't need to read maps anymore. We have Google. You're right. You're absolutely right. But the problem is we're losing our capacity to map read. We're losing that capacity. We were once able to do it. We're now not able to do it because we're reliant on technology. This is just an example. So we're, we're relying on someone else doing the thinking for us. So we're losing that capacity. So we can say we're devolving as a human being. We had that capacity, now we don't have it. At school, when we were younger, a lot of us, similar age, we used to have to learn our times table, do our maths in our head, on paper, then the calculator came out. It came out when I was at school, the calculator, actually. We were not allowed to use it in our exams. We had to think for ourselves and only use the calculator to check the answer. We weren't allowed to use it, make sure it was correct. Now we don't work things in our head. We use our phone for everything. It's an app for everything. It's great. I mean, look, we're saving a lot of time. Get more done, things done quicker. Yeah. But we're not using our capacity. We're not using our capabilities of thinking. We're losing that. So we're losing something in us that was once working and now it's not because we're reliant on technology. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. We're just analyzing, yeah? Please don't think that um, we, shouldn't st we should stop using it. So what it's saying is that we're getting worse, we're devolving, so we need to put effort in to at least maintain where we were. It's in, our, it's in our capacity, we should do that. We should make an effort to do that. And we have this um, component within us, so why are we letting it rot? Why are we not developing if we have the opportunity? Let's start developing it. Any questions? No. What we're saying is that you should think about what your, your actions and think about it. If it makes sense to you, then act. Now, I'm not saying be selfish. I'm, you may decide to act upon that because it's good for the family. It's good for your whoever, whatever, yeah, society. But you thought about it and you've then decided, I don't agree with this, but it's everyone agrees that we should do it this way, so I shall do it. Where it's in your capacity to say, you know what, I don't agree, and I'm sorry, but I'm not going to do it. Okay, if it make, then it's up to you. Yeah. But you thought about it. The main thing is you thought about it. You're not just jumping in and doing it because everyone else says you should do it. That's the difference. Your action is irrelevant what, how you act. It's what you do before you act, and that's you thought about it. That's what we're talking about. See, the body acts. It's the mind or the intellect that tells it to act. Yeah, is that answer?
Any other clarifications on the difference between intelligence and intellect? Is everyone following what we're saying, yeah? Okay, because it's quite important that you understand. Please. You were saying that the intelligence has no role to play with developing the intellect. Mm -hmm. um, but to even understand the difference between the intelligence and the intellect and to actually appreciate the understanding of the intellect, doesn't that need a bit of intelligence? Because you can talk about this concept, but if you haven't got a certain level of intelligence, can you really think and reason and judge? You need knowledge. Question? You need knowledge. And that knowledge is gained just by intelligence. Knowledge of, knowledge of higher values is what we're studying. We're studying the truths of life. Okay, you don't need to be highly educated to understand the truths of life. You put your finger in a fire, you know it burns. It doesn't matter if, what language, if you know how to speak or read or write. That is the truths of life, isn't it? So we're talking about the truths of life. How you function, who you are. A person has, can be literate and understand that he's made up of the physical body, that he has a mind, yeah? and there is an intellect. Those are truths of life. But to develop the intellect, you know, we need certain knowledge, which is what we're studying, which are in the scriptures. But we need to learn it in a particular way. It's just that it's so confusing and so mixed up and not clear that we can't understand it. But all our scriptures, this is what it's teaching us. Use your buddhi. That's what it's saying, isn't it? All the scriptures. Think about it. You know, in all religions, they're saying, think. This is all we're trying to do. But we're sort of learning. These are the scriptures, but we've made it in a way so that we, everyone can understand it. You know, this knowledge comes from the Vedas. So the next topic is going further, deeper into this and understanding. Intelligence does not develop intellect. Yeah. So they say that there's no cause and effect between intelligence and intellect, which is what I've just answered your question. There's no cause and effect. The fact that you have intelligence does not mean that you have an intellect. This is what it means. So from when we're born, we have this ability to take in knowledge. In Sanskrit, it's called udana shakti. Udana means fresh knowledge. So this Udana Shakti, this ability, is maximum at birth. Why do we say that? Why is it maximum at birth? How can we prove that? Absolutely. We have to learn how to talk. We have to learn how to walk. We have to learn how to interact. And about to identify our family. We develop likes and dislikes. How much learning is that? And that's a baby. So the Udana Shakti, that ability is the greatest when you're born. By the time we're, 
we learn more we learn more by the time we're seven or up to the age of seven to eight than we do the rest of our lives. We've developed all our skills already. No. We're just talking about the we're just talking about the ability, the capacity to learn, to take in fresh knowledge. What we're saying is it's the, it's the greatest when we're born and it starts diminishing thereafter. So by the time we're seven, eight, we've done, you know what, we've done 80% of our learning already. So it's only downhill after that, I'm afraid. <laughs> you have to put in more effort. <laughs> you have to put in more effort. Thereafter, the Udana Shakti, the ability to learn, starts reducing. So it gets harder to learn. As we get older, it becomes less and less. That's why it's harder for us to latch on to latest trends, technology. As we get older, you see a 10-year-old teaching his elders latest apps, how to use their mobile phones. It's true, isn't it? Our technology. We find it more difficult to get our head around it because of this Udana Shakti. You've used it all up. That's the reason behind it. So now if you feel, don't be, feel guilty if you can't get your head around something, you know, my Udana Shakti is going lower. <laughs> I've used a lot of it up. <laughs> Makes you feel better. Natural phenomena. Natural phenomena. All of us. So we spend our entire life gaining knowledge, intelligence, but this does not allow one to think, reason independently, and this will not develop the intellect. So the main focus in life is to build intelligence, and the intellect is undeveloped, neglected. That's why there are very few people in the world who are brilliant in their field of profession, such as Einstein, the doctor who did the first heart transplant, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, the difference is they all so had a powerful intellect. That's what put, stood them out from the normal people. The other professionals only had knowledge, intelligence. You can have a highly intelligent person with a PhD applying for a job that is owned by someone without a degree. The intellect acts like the steering wheel of the car. It guides you through life, utilizing the knowledge you have gained. No intellect, you're just full of knowledge. You don't know how to use it. Somebody asks a question, you can answer it. I can talk about this subject and not apply anything to myself. So it's just knowledge I have, no intellect. Sittal can say, you know what he says, he's angry. As soon as he finishes class, he's always angry. He's doing this, he's doing that. None of this knowledge he understands. But he's, he's a great, he can talk and tell everyone how to behave. Difference between intelligence and intellect. Without intellect, the knowledge is useless. Meaning it won't help you develop your personality. Allow you to reason and judge on personal issues. Think independently. 
even the fact to criticize your person. How many people criticize themselves besides looking in the body and think, I need to lose a bit of weight? I'm so emotional. I need to become less emotional. How do I become less emotional? You know, I rush into so many things. I should think about things before. We, none of us, we do that. We all think we're perfect. So developing your intellect allows you to look within. None of us are perfect. Only we think we're perfect. A human is a supreme in all creations. Why? Because we have an intellect. That's what makes us different from all animals. But we're ignorant of this fact and we don't develop it. It's no one's fault, it's just the way the world has become. Intelligence rather than intellect. So another problem is, why we take things for granted is, it's just our ignorance really. We think, we believe that thinking comes naturally. Either I've got it or I haven't. We think it comes naturally like hearing, seeing, Speaking, breathing, this comes naturally to us, isn't it? So we think thinking is also natural. Do we agree? Why should I? I don't need to develop it. So we don't put any effort into it. We have to develop it. We have to give it just as much time and emphasis, it's like learning to play the piano or learning to play tennis. You have to put time and effort, practice. The intellect is the same. We have to develop it, give it time. Do some exercises. This is how we develop it. Galileo Galileo, astronomer, father of modern science. Born 15 February 1564, Pisa, Italy. He says, I do not feel obliged to believe that the same God who has endowed us with sense, reason, and intellect has intended us to forego their use. That's someone we know. The father of modern science. Can't believe the same God who gave them us this we made us think that we shouldn't use it. Any questions? So here we're now we're slowly going into why we need the intellect, what it is, how it helps us, and the difference between intelligence and intellect. Yeah? So let's see where the fact, the, the fact that we're not using our intellect, where has it got to us? How does it um, impact our lives? What are the repercussions? What are the repercussions? The fact that we don't use intellect, what are the repercussions? How are we conducting our lives now? We don't have a proper goal. Don't have a proper goal, absolutely. Sun is shining, I made a bit of money today, booked my holiday. 
I'm happy. So in one area of our lives, due to lack of thinking, we've taken up so many superstitious beliefs from young. Lack of thinking. They're ingrained with us now, within us now. We sell our ability to think to our elders and our spiritual leaders. Now we find it difficult to question these beliefs. They're so ingrained in us. We've just accepted it. It's now part of us. We can't even question it. A lot of this belief is based on superstition, have no foundation. Not long ago, spiritual leaders proclaimed that the world was flat. And if you go to the edge, you'll fall off. Everyone believed this. Anyone who disagreed was a blasphemer, was executed. And we live our lives by these teachings. Nothing wrong with this. If you're happy with it, no problem. But the problem is it stops you from developing your intellect because you're not thinking for yourself. It stops you developing materially and spiritually. How well you may be following a path. If you follow a path that's not right for you, it will frustrate you. You might say, so what? So what? I'm happy. They say, do this, I'll do that. All these wars, everything's happening, why? In this world. Lack of thinking. People are following other people without thinking about it. All wars are because of following leaders without thinking. Iraq war. The government says fight. They start fighting. I'm not saying it's wrong. Later they find, oh, we shouldn't. There's no, uh, no um, weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> it was wrong. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, yeah? So we must develop the intellect and start thinking for ourselves. We've got this component, why not use it? One needs to investigate the truths of life and study them. Accept only what makes sense to you, to your logic and reasoning. If they make sense, then live by these truths. This will help develop your intellect. You haven't done it from till now? Start today. Question all your beliefs and actions. Why am I doing this? What is the reason? Where will it get me? How is it developing me as a human being? Am I becoming a better human being? We need a strong intellect in order to make the right choices in our lives. The world is full of challenges, as we said. It's a maze we have to go through. Will this give me happiness? Will this give me unhappiness? We said the world is made up of pairs of opposites. So how not to be affected by them? We need to develop our understanding of the world by developing this art of thinking, the intellect. So you might say, you know what, this is too much hard work. And it's, it's okay. It's too much hard work. I'm happy where I am. I have a good job, a nice house, healthy bank balance, kids are doing well, you just enjoy life. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that thought. 
nothing wrong. But if you want to reach that goal, the goal that you are meant to reach as a human being, develop spiritually, then you need to develop and move forward. But if you don't, nothing's going to change between now and the day you leave this world. <laughs> you won't change. Materially, things will change around you, but you as a person won't change. You have the power within you to change. So we need to develop spiritually, reach that goal of self-realization. We need the intellect. Because only the intellect can control the mind and mentally detach from everything and to develop on the spiritual path. Forget the spiritual path, even to develop as a human being, you know, you need some thinking and reasoning and put your life in a particular uh, avenue to move forward. You need to put thinking in that. See, the mind is always attached to things. It feels, think, it doesn't think. It just goes on likes and dislikes. So that's not going to help you. It has a role to play. I'm not saying it hasn't. But that's not going to help you develop as a human being. So only the intellect has the ability to transcend the person beyond this world and help reach the state of spiritual enlightenment. Only a human being is able to imagine and reach this state. It's your entitlement and your goal, your purpose in life. You know, we, we, do, we do spiritual things, we pray, we do go to satsangs, we do whatever we do. Action is right, but how is it changing you? Is it changing you? And if so, why not? Spiritual knowledge is supposed to purify your mind and develop you as a human being so you become more unselfish. If it's not doing that, then it's not filling, fulfilling its purpose. It might make you feel good, temporarily. Mind feels, oh yeah, I've done something good. But that's about it. It's not going to develop you as a human being. Einstein says that you should be learning and developing from the time you're born to the time you die. There's a quote in that book. I'm not, I haven't put it down, but it should be learning, developing from the time you're born till the time you die. What was his famous line? What is my? Someone asked him about his uh, knowledge. He says, "What is my knowledge compared to my ignorance?" That humility. My knowledge is nothing. There's so much more to learn, and he was regarded as the most intelligent person in the world. And he's saying, what is my knowledge compared to my ignorance? So where does it leave us? <laughs> if he's saying that. <laughs> so we need to get a depth of, depth of study. Read, but understand, go to the depth of it. Don't just read. 
read horizontally. We have to, whatever we read, whatever we understand, we have to apply in our lives. Find out, what is my purpose? What do I, how do I get to that purpose? Once you identify what your goal in life is, how do I get there? It might be materially or spiritually. I'm, it doesn't matter. Even if you try and apply it materially, at least you're thinking. There are many people in the world who are educated and brilliant in their field, but they are merely intelligent and have a very weak intellect. They are unable to control their mind's desires. They, can be, they could be hooked on drugs, alcohol, unable to control their emotions, anger, but highly intelligent. There are also humans who have very little intelligence, academic qualifications, but due to a strong intellect, have great presence in the world. Shakespeare, to pass English literature at any level, to pass English literature at any level, GCSEs, A-levels, degree, PhD, whose work do we have to study? Shakespeare. He left school at 13 with no formal qualifications. And we have to study him to get qualifications. He had no choice. He had to leave at 13 because he had no money and his family were poor. So he had no formal education. Education establishments are built around him, but he has no formal education. That's ironic, isn't it? So we need a balance of both intelligence and intellect to live life to the fullest. See, the problem is because we're so used to living our lives without the use of this ability, that we don't know what it is. So you t you, when you're young, it's someone ties your hand behind and, it's, and you learn to live with one hand. You don't know what it is to have two hands. Because you've never used it. So you do without. This is how we're living our lives. It's there, but we don't use it because we don't, we, we've learned to live without it. Because we've never developed it. The intellect comes into play about when you're about 11, 12 years old. It manifests, and that's when we have to start developing it. But the problem is the mind is so powerful by then. The likes and dislikes are so strong that we start acting based on the mind, unless there's some sort of program to develop it. That's why I think in even the Jewish, in, in, South, in some of the Indian communities, they have a certain ceremony at about that sort of age. That's because the intellect is manifesting at that time. He's become a man, or he's now... You know, able to think for himself. That's how it all started from, because that's when it manifests. In many religions, they do some sort of ceremony at that age. It's because the intellect manifested at the time. So, the only way to find out how much more better you are as a person, or your capabilities, or your abilities, and your ability to conduct your life and get more fulfillment and satisfaction is to try and develop this tool within you, the intellect, and see if it makes a difference. You all owe it to yourself to try. So how do we develop the intellect? We said, question everything. Why am I doing this? Have I thought about it? 
Does it comply with my logic and reasoning? Whatever that may be. If it makes sense, then do it. Not because someone on Facebook or Instagram is doing it. Or it's a new phase, a new fab. You're thinking. Another tool, another exercise. In the night before going to sleep, go through all your activities. Everyone can do this, yeah? <coughs> all your activities and experience that you perform from waking up in the morning. So, you may, before you go to bed, sit, in a, sit on your bed, or lie down on your bed before you fall asleep. Just go through the day's activities. I woke up, I brushed my teeth, I had a shower, I put my clothes on. Don't analyze. Don't say, oh, I, I had two croissants. Oh, why did I have two instead of one? I should have only had one. Did, why did I have two? Now you're, we're not analyzing, yeah? We're just going through the motions of all your actions without criticism. Don't go into any experience. What happens by doing this exercise, you start making use of whatever intellect you have. Whatever intellect you have, you start making use of it. I'll tell you how it makes a difference. It's, what happens, it starts becoming available to you. You'd be surprised how it works. You have to experience it, okay? Because I can tell you, but unless you experience it, you won't know. What happens is, positive or negative, the mind just goes through all your actions. And when you do it regularly, when you are performing an action that you know that you shouldn't be, it will prick your conscience. That's how it works. But like I said, unless you try it, you won't know. But it's a known exercise. So this is one way of using the intellect that you already have available. This is what it's saying. It takes three or four minutes. Try it. Try it for a week. See what happens. But the mind will be careful because the mind will say, go into all sorts of directions. And before you know it, you've lost it. <laughs> you won't get to the time of the evening even. <laughs> you'll be lost by lunchtime. <laughs> Just go through that exercise. Then you'll see how, in, you know, if anything, even when, it, when you see you, that you've moved to a different direction, you'll see how powerful the mind is. You can't even think about what you did today without the mind moving somewhere else. Try it. Make you aware how powerful the mind is. And that's it. Just go through that exercise, go through everything you did that day. And that's it. If you do that, you'll be surprised. You'll be, the intellect that you have at the moment will start being available to you. So let's learn to use what we have at least. Okay, you try that and you think, you know what, this works. <laughs> this is really good. Next day. Try and study these truths of life in the morning, preferably between four and six. This is now, really, I know what, I'm going for this. This is when the intellect is available to you the most. Go into the depths of this truth. Accept those that appeal to your logic and reason. Apply these truths in your daily life. By performing these few simple exercises, you start strengthening the intellect. Try it for two weeks. If you do it consistently, you'll be very surprised to see the difference and the way you think and behave. But I can talk all day about this. Unless you put the effort in an exercise and try it, you will not have a clue what we're talking about here. So you're saying how you did in the evening, so you got to 
No, it's not that simple. <laughs> Between four and six, study this, what we're studying. No, no, no. That you only do in the night before you sleep. That makes available what intellect you have at the moment. You, you start putting that into use in your daily life. 5%, 10%, 30%, whatever that is, it becomes available to you. But if you want to increase that, then the effort you have to put in is the morning study. Because the mind is still sleeping, the intellect's alert, and you're now teaching it and developing it by studying. By exercising, by studying, you're exercising the intellect, the art of thinking. And when you're studying, it doesn't mean you have to go for a whole chapter in one morning. You can take one line and think about it. You're exercising your intellect. What does this mean? What does it mean to me? How does this, what is this chapter saying? What is this topic talking about? What is this verse in the Gita saying to me? Wherever you are. You can spend an hour and a half thinking about one verse in the Gita. That's how much uh, depth there is. So, this is how you develop it. So, we've talked about the pros of not having intellect, how we can use it, what the use is, what our goal is, and the exercise of how to do it. Now the ball's in your court. That's all I have to say for today. Any questions? Can I just confirm? So the morning study is to help us enable the intellect. To develop, develop yeah. And the night time of, I don't know, self-reflection or... Self-reflection, yeah. Uh, enables us to... Make use... Identify or what... Um, See, you, everyone has an intellect. Okay, we've already identified we are made of the body, mind, intellect, and the spirit. Yeah. We, all have a, we, we all have an intellect, even um, because otherwise we wouldn't be able to function. We'll be in an asylum if we're only operating on the mind. Yeah. People in asylums who've lost control of their lives is they're 100% mind-led, no thinking. That is, when you're, that is when you're regarded as being mad. So we all have an intellect certain degree, but are we using the, our capacity? This is what we're saying. So this exercise in the night allows you to slowly start using your capacity that you already have. The morning study helps you develop that capacity greater, to make it greater. So if you're at 30%, the morning study will help you to incre start increasing that. And you might say, well, this is all written, I don't know. I'm telling you from experience. Anyone who knows me, okay, I'm telling you from experience because this is what we do for three years in the ashram. <laughs> Four o'clock, the gong goes. So, the self-reflection, so for example, right, the intellect is developed in order for us to, in an everyday life situation, to enable us to not be reactive Mm -hmm. Okay, take a step back, be objective. Yep. Um, so that's, that's the um, reason why we are developing the intellect. Yeah? That self-reflection, would it 
enable us to understand when we were more mind-led and we didn't use our intellect or is it because you're saying it enables us to use what we've got mm -hmm. the intellect that yeah. we've got mm -hmm. but it's just a thought process of the activities throughout the day so is it that things will pop up and think i did this five times this week yeah is that it's different for different people because it depends on their uh, how much what capacity they already have. But in a nutshell, what you're saying is correct. What will happen? Because if I if see, I don't want to say what will happen because if I say what will happen, you say, well, you know what, that didn't happen to me. So it ain't working for me. Yeah. So that's why I don't want to be specific. Rather, you experience it yourself. Exactly. Yeah, you're exercising your intellect to keep the mind in control by going through that process. That's why I said your mind will have a tendency to go somewhere else. And before you know it, you'll fall asleep. Yeah, before you get to the end of that day, you'll fall asleep. Yeah, if you, if, and that's how it happens. But so even to get to the end of the day is a struggle. It only takes three or four minutes. Um, but what will also ha um, happen, well, in my case, what happened um, was that when you're about to do an action that you know you don't like, you don't want to do, and you've had regrets after doing them, okay, the intellect will be able to say, hey, hang on, hang on, you know what you're doing here? Oh, yeah. yeah. The intellect starts manifesting in certain areas of your life when an area of life that you, you, you have done for, um, for many years, but you've always not been able to control that action, overeating, for example, or whatever, you know, the intellect will be, oh, you know what, I better not have that second croissant. You understand consequence better through reflection? Um, I think any, any reflection can only develop you, isn't it, really? Because mm -hmm. what are you doing when you're reflecting? You're looking within. Mm. How often do we look within? How often do we look within? None of us, we never look within. So any reflection is beneficial, even without doing this, any reflection. But we don't know how to reflect. This is the problem. So this is one way of reflecting and looking, analyzing your life. As a third person, you're analyzing it. You know, you're just saying, going through the process of what you did that day. That's what, it's a simple exercise. Just question yourself. Just go through your process of what you've done. Leave show me out of it. <laughs> yeah. Because it. That's reflection. So this is another form of reflection, um, but it's a more simpler exercise to do. You're doing it mentally, you're doing it mentally. and we're being we're going we're going within. You see, even writing down is external. You can easily forget, you know. But this is we're developing that capacity within us, so it's available to us when we need it. 
the way you've written it may not be available to you at the time. And the mind is reactive. See, when the mind becomes reactive, we want our intellect to be available then, to stop it from being reactive. And this is what we're talking about. It's a mental exercise that which, you know, we've laid out. Now it's up to you to exercise it and find out for yourself. So those are external exercises, but this is we're talking about subjective. So that's the deepest you can do. Because, see, your actions, your you, what you're saying is correct, and it probably works. But it's you're um, analyzing your actions. But what? How the actions, your body acts based on the mind and the intellect. So we're going at a next level down. What makes you act? So even before you act, you're analyzing. So you can put in the right action.